Williams in the throw. Fire! What's up, good people? Welcome to After Hours for week two, game two of the preseason. Uh, Chargers drop one to the Saints, 22-17. Uh, we'll go into everything that happened today. Jamie, first, give us an update. You're obviously live here, but everything good over there? Yeah, everything's good. It's just raining yeah. a little bit, a little bit of wind. No big deal. Yeah. Much to do about nothing. Yeah, same here, same here. Some hard rain on and off, but nothing really to report here. And Craig's obviously safe in his own bunker. Yeah, actually, no hurricanes. And early. You what? We, were, we left our vacation early. Oh, yeah. We were surrounded by fires up at the lake. So we left <laughs> yesterday because we didn't think – or we left – yeah, we flew back yesterday because we didn't think we'd be able to come in today. So we left our vacation early to come back to a hurricane, tropical – it's just a rainstorm. It's not yeah. that big of a deal. But yeah, but we're here and stuff. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get uh, to the breakdown for anybody that missed it last week, uh, we dropped our schedule of what's going to be happening leading up to week one of the season, which is September 4th is when this yep. kick off. All Starts right. The week of September 4th. So for anybody that didn't catch it, here's a little promo video for you. This is the lightning round podcast schedule release the upcoming 2023 season score more is back i'm coming at you every tuesday i'm going to be covering what happened in the nfl the week prior including the chargers matchup and a whole lot more on top of that i'll see you on tuesday score morons join me and a special guest every wednesday as we break down the schemes players and the coaches the chargers will be facing that week i'll see you right here every wednesday for the walkthrough Garrett, Craig, and I will get together every Thursday for the TLR Roundtable. We'll answer all your questions from the week, football or otherwise. Everything is on the table. And we'll have a brand new feature covering all the bad tweets from the week. Join us live every Thursday for TLR Roundtable. Every Friday, join me where I'll be dropping my personal thoughts, feelings, and opinions on any and everything LA Chargers. So you'll get some speculation, a bit of conjecture, dry humor, naturally, and a sprinkle of petty for flavor. Tap in. See you then. Join Craig, Jamie, and I live for After Hours immediately following every Chargers game. You know the drill. Grab your favorite drink, find a safe space, and join us for a raw, unfiltered, emotional take on every game. And whether you need to laugh, cheer, cry, just clear your head. After Hours has a little something for everyone, so be sure to join us right here after every game this year. And there it is, five days a week, Lightning Round Podcast. I'm sure you guys have all seen the video by now. If you haven't, there you go. You'll see five days a week of the Lightning Round Podcast. We all got a solo podcast. You're going to have After Hours 
And then, of course, we're going to have our mailbag in the middle of the week. So uh, let's let's get right into this breakdown. So let's talk about this game, East and Stick. Let's start there. Played four quarters. Looked great last week. Played four straight quarters today. We didn't see any Max Duggan. Jamie was joking. Could we just see East and Stick all game? We got him, Jamie. How you feeling now? Um, I think he kind of returned back to earth a little bit. He was – I thought I thought he played his best game that we've seen him play as a Charger last week, and he had some moments this week. Um, he had some moments where he stood in, took some hits to, to deliver the football, um, made some good throws, had one really good throw to Keelan Doss, had a couple good throws into tight windows to QJ, uh, had that – Big throw at the end of the game to Bynum um, and had a couple good throws to Stone Smart as well. So had some moments, had two really good drives. But for the most part, I thought um, he took a couple steps back this week. You know, he had the good two-minute drive, had the good drive at the end of the uh, – towards the end of the fourth quarter, but was sloppy with the football, had some really inconsistent throws, turned the ball over three times, two picks and a fumble – and I mean, he, you're talking about a backup quarterback. Keep that in mind. He's a guy who I think now you maybe feel a little bit better about him if he has to come in the game, but I don't think he was anywhere near as good as he was last week. Yeah. Craig. He definitely regressed back to the mean um, at this point. He, I mean, he did look a lot like he used to look, found himself in situations where, um, you know, he would hold the ball a little too long. And he would take maybe a, a second or two before he took off a little too late. So, like, you know, he's an athletic guy. And I think sometimes he depends on his legs to kind of save him from trouble. But, um, you know, when defense has pretty decent pursuit on you <sighs> to the degree that they were getting tonight, you know, you have to be a little bit quicker in your mental processing and getting rid of the ball. Like every pass isn't necessarily going to be a completion. You're not going to be able to see each and every throw, what you do have to do is know and be aware of when it's time to get the ball out of your hands to not take as many sacks as what he did tonight. So what we saw last week, again, as Jamie mentioned, probably his best performance as a charger thus far um, this week. Not so great. Definitely had his moments. So I feel like he probably lands somewhere in between. I will also say that, you know, as far as protection is concerned, it didn't do him a bunch of favors, but he had a few clean pockets. And he was still taking a really long time to get the ball out of his hands. You know, you work through your reads. If something's there, you go to it. If not, take off. If you can't take off, get rid of the ball. It's really simple. Yeah. Yeah. I So, I yeah, I'm somewhere with you guys. I mean, obviously, he wasn't what he was last week. And we only saw half a game last week. So, who knows what would have happened in the third and fourth quarter. Also, he was helped out by a really good run game in that first game uh, this week uh, on the ground. Probably not as much. But uh, – Quite honestly, it just didn't feel like he saw the field all that well. Now, I, I also want to take into consideration that the Rams are not very good. Their depth is pretty terrible. So could this be that Easton Stick looks great against a really bad third and fourth string of the Rams that isn't very deep? Or is it, you know, the Saints defense is a little bit better? I don't know. But regardless, we'll see in this next couple of games. But I think... Really, what you mentioned, Jamie, is probably the biggest takeaway is that even though he didn't look all that good today, if Easton Stick had to come in, hopefully, for a play or two, if Herbert's got to get taped up or what, get checked on or whatever, you wouldn't feel as bad about it as you would have in years past. Um, he seems a little bit more in command of an offense now. 
he was a lot more run first before. Uh, probably should have ran a little bit more than uh, he did today. Kind of hung behind the line of scrimmage a lot today. Um, took some bad sacks, some bad throws, but just quite honestly didn't really see the field all that well. Uh, the first interception was just terrible. I don't know if it was a bad route or just didn't see the DB, but he, that was bad. The second interception, I mean, he was just trying to throw a prayer at the end of the game. Can't really blame him for that, but I think he was 21 of 41 today, so he wasn't all that accurate. Um, he was 2 of 11 or 3 of 12 today on third down. Um, and then he had, you know, some bad throws on fourth down that didn't really give anybody a chance. I felt like a lot of the completions were behind receivers who kind of made some plays like a stone smart completion. Saw QJ catch one uh, kind of off, off his body, but yeah, it, he wasn't all that accurate. Didn't see the field. Well, pressure was on him today, but, uh, wasn't, wasn't quite as good as he was last week. And we'll see if that's because of the Rams, because of the saints, but regardless, it seems like he's taken a step up in his progression so far, which I don't think we've ever really seen. I felt like we've seen a baseline East stick with little steps. I feel like we've seen a little bit of a jump from him from last year to this year. Yeah. The other thing I was going to point out too, is I felt like last week they did a good job of simplifying his reads. Uh, a lot of clear out type routes with tight ends or wide receivers open kind of in the, the intermediate middle um, and kind of simplifying things to a half field read. And it seemed like maybe they asked him to make more reads today. He was getting stuck on receivers, got things weren't developing as quickly down the field and they weren't able to clear things out and simplify those reads for him. So I don't know if that was a change in the game plan or what, but the structure of the offense felt a little different. It felt a little bit more congested than it did uh, last week. And I think he suffered for that. And I thought you saw a lot of like um, pump, not pump fakes, but double clutching, pulling the ball, starting to throw, pulling the ball down, staring receivers down. He just wasn't nearly as sharp, I didn't think, um, as he was last week. Although you got to give him credit. The two-minute drill, he's run two nearly flawless two-minute mm -hmm. drills in the last two weeks. The mm -hmm. second-to-last drive in the fourth quarter was pretty sharp, making plays with his legs, threw a good seam route to Stone Smart. It was behind him, but he got it there. Um, so there were, some, there were some good positive takeaways for sure. But overall, I would say not as sharp as next week as last week, but still better than anything we've seen the last three or four years. And I'll add into that. I mean, just take into account you're playing Dennis Allen, who's a pretty good defensive mind. His his defenses play pretty hard for him, regardless as to whether it's his starters or not. And the majority of those guys have a pretty significant time in that defensive scheme, so they know what they're doing. Um, and outside of that, also take into consideration that they had almost nothing going in the run game and it should make you appreciate Justin Herbert for what he had to do last season with creating um, as a passer, when you have no secondary portion of your offense to help to support you. Um, Easton's not that level of player. So he did what he could with what he had to work with. So you saw a huge difference last week. They ran the ball tremendously over 200 yards um, this week, not nearly as much. And so he struggled. I think there's a direct correlation between the two. What'd you guys think about him playing all four quarters? Uh, I'm fine with it because it spared us Max Duggan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. I'm in terms of a roster management or game management perspective. Getting a rookie reps is usually pretty important. Um, didn't play the seventh round pick of the second game. Reading anything into that? What, what do you think went into the thinking here? I would expect Duggan to play most or all of the game next week. 
So I think they're just kind of rotating mm -hmm. games at this point. We know we're not going to see Justin Herbert. They wanted to get a longer look at Stick. Next week, they'll get a longer look at Duggan. I really wouldn't read any more into it than that. Yep, I'm right there. I think this week was about getting Doug. I'm sorry, stick as much run as possible. Um, again, he's now cemented pretty much as the number two QB. You know, you haven't been able to see a bunch of him in seasons past because of the position he's played. He's been more of the three. So give him a game, see how he performs um, in this system, which, you know, you want to give him as much time on task as possible in the preseason as you can in the event that he has to take any snaps in the regular season because you absolutely don't want to see Max Duggan there. So I agree with Jamie. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a, a very Duggan-heavy game three. That's – that's you can guarantee – almost guarantee that. Yeah, I, I was going to say the same thing. It's probably going to be a, a series or two at most for Stick, and then we're just going to see Duggan. I bet we don't even see Stick next week. I bet it's all dug in. Good chance. Very good chance. That'll yeah. be fun. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be real fun. <laughs> Not that that's what I want to see, but I think that's what we will see. All right. So uh, we've mentioned uh, this guy's name a couple times already. Uh, Craig, how'd you feel about Stone Smart today? There was no real uh, tight end showing up last game. Uh, they were all but non-existent today. Stone Smart uh, had what, four catches, 32 yards today. On five targets? I mean, I think he's showing some development, and I'm starting to see. Well, we kind of saw what, you know, the uh, staff thought of him last year coming to fruition. Um, he's getting more opportunities here in these preseason games. He took some snaps last season in the regular season. So uh, as far as what he is as a receiver, I like him. I think he's got some really good athleticism to contribute. Um, what he is as a blocker uh, still to be determined. I have to go back and kind of look. Uh, and see how he fared in the running game. But, I mean, he does a decent job at chipping when he's asked to before he gets out in the routes. So uh, he seems assignment sound, and he's got pretty decent hands for a guy who's, you know, not played the position for very long. You may have something to work with there. Uh, he looks better than Trey McKitty. So, <laughs> yeah. <there's that. laughs> Which isn't a hard uh, a high bar. but the bar is uh, in hell for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, show low, man. Yeah, the game's on Friday. They're playing the 49ers, so that'll be fun. Uh, Shanahan and his defense against Max Duggan. Uh, but, um, yeah, um, in terms of blocking, I, get, I don't know if you caught, he was that lead blocker on that uh, sneak before the oh. half. <laughs> yep. The yeah. one that Stick tried to sabotage. Yeah. He almost he almost ran into it, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Smart was controlling his DB, and <laughs> Stick like found a way to squeeze himself in there, and it's, <laughs> he just didn't want to follow his blocker. But yeah, uh, he was he was great on that end on that block. Uh, the acrobatic catch up the seam was good. He made back to back catches on that first drive in the third quarter. Man, I mean, shown more uh, this game than any tight end has in the last two games, uh, including. Donald Parham, who had just an awful, awful drop today, which would have probably been a touchdown. Um, Camp Moyer, uh, you know, made a couple catches today, but uh, Stone Smart, definitely the leader of that group so far in the preseason, really flashed today. Yeah, Smart looked good. You know, that that acrobatic catch he made up, you mentioned up the seam was really nice. Not a well-thrown ball. It was almost a hospital <laughs> ball, but he made a good catch on it. The block on the touchdown run by Stick was really nice. And he made a couple other catches after that where, um, you know, he was able to get out in space and catch the ball. So I think his he's showing solid hands, shows the, uh, the athleticism to be able to adjust to the ball in the air. And not a bad blocker in space. I don't know if he's ever going to be, you know, a 
devastating inline blocker. Uh, but for a move tight end, if he can, you know, pick somebody, chip somebody, uh, block somebody out in space, maybe pick off a wide receiver every once in a while, and he can make some plays, not a bad thing to have a tight end for. So I think it speaks to his development, but it also speaks to, you know, how shaky that tight end room is really that he is, he's been the most productive tight end in the preseason, both as a blocker and as a receiver, you haven't really seen anything out of McKitty yet. Um, Parham flashed a couple times last week, but had that ugly drop today. And then Camp Moyer had a couple of good catches. So um, guys at the back of the depth chart making a case for either a practice squad spot or a roster spot. And the guys at the top of the depth chart not really making a case for much of anything right now. So that that tight end room is a bit of a concern, I think. Yeah, and also just a quick shout out to uh, Camp Moyer on special teams. Beautiful textbook wrap-up tackle in that first quarter. He w- It was great. Anyway. Yeah, he had a solid that. game tonight. Yeah, Smart also feels a little Steven Anderson-ish. I know that a lot of us liked what he brought to the team. Um, he feels a little bit like that. And um, if he could potentially develop into that sort of role down the line here within the next year. Or so I think, what is he signed to like a two or three year deal? So I'm assuming the Chargers plan on continuing to develop him. And he could potentially end up being a pretty solid tight end two at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Um... So let's just, I, we're kind of stuck on offense right now. Um, I know, Craig, uh, your boy, Isaiah Spiller, had some uh, good flashes today. Nice. Uh, what, ter- what was initially going to be a loss uh, turned into a nice little gain. And then that spectacular run before the half, getting it all the way to the six-yard line. He looked yeah. very good today in spurts for sure. That's the difference between he and Josh Kelly. So you find yourself into a a situation where you hand the ball off and let's say someone gets penetration into the backfield. Kelly's not making anyone miss. Um, He's probably going to stop his feet and end up, um, he may even go backwards. Um, But uh, that's the thing that Spiller's able to do. He's got really good footwork to make people miss on initial contact. And he typically almost always falls forward. And he just feels like, he's developing into a more well i mean he is already a more well-rounded option as a running back but he just feels like he's creeping closer and closer and i think as the season develops he'll start taking more of those um, carries away from kelly not completely phase him out they'll still be in a rotation but he's just the better more natural overall running back and every time you see them get equal carries he stands out a bit more and that's even behind a more porous offensive line when the backups are in um you almost need things to work out and be blocked perfectly for Kelly to spring one uh, with Spiller. It could happen on any given play. And even if he isn't like a four, two, four, three runner, uh, he is absolutely someone with some really good vision and burst and he can make something out of what would um, originally be a negative play. So just like really excited for the kid going into the year. And I think that he'll get his opportunity to shine. Yeah, Spiller is a guy who I, I love the footwork that Craig mentioned. Um, you see him make people miss in the hole. You can make people miss in open space. Um, he's just in and out of that jump cut so quickly and into the next move and really without losing any kind of speed or, or anything. So you add that to the ability to run through the arm tackles and finish his runs by falling forward. He adds a dimension, I think, to this running game that the Chargers haven't really had in quite a while. So I'm excited to see him develop. I think Spiller's a guy who, you know, by the middle or end of this year, certainly next camp, I think you're going to be talking about Spiller as a guy, as probably the lead back in this offense just because of the skill sets that he offers that 
the other guys in the in the room just don't offer. And Eckler probably not being here. Correct. Most likely, yeah. He and Kelly. <laughs> yeah, who was four for nine today? Nine yards, four carries. Um, and uh, Dotson, I think, had twenty one. I think everybody had over twenty today, except Kelly. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's going to be exciting. It feels like Spiller's running with a lot more confidence this year. Um, I know they're kind of buried him a little bit, gave him a red shirt year last year, but it feels like this year he's ready to contribute. And you can just see it, it feels like he's in a different gear and a little bit more, you know, jazzed up this uh, preseason. So I'm excited to see him when the season starts against the starting offensive lineman too. Um, and then while we're talking about running backs, uh, Elijah Dotson had a, had an okay game, had a pretty big run on the ground, but then at the end of the game, man, two terrible drops really dropped his stock today. Had two rushing touchdowns was probably, you know, the guy who should deserve a game ball out, outside of CJ Koye's amazing story aside, uh, probably from a performance perspective, uh, deserved the game ball last week. This week uh, has a couple good runs, a nice little return. And then in that last drive to end the game, two bad drops. Right. Yeah. I think, um, you know, we, we talked about it when we did our, our early 53 I I just don't see how they carry four running backs, even with as well as Dotson played last week. And I think, oh yeah, you know, the way he played today, you know, he had the one good run. He finished the run beautifully. Uh, but beyond that, it was kind of a rough day for him. And I mm -hmm. think, you know, hopefully that makes it a little bit easier to slip him onto the practice squad. Cause that, I think that's where I think he's ultimately going to land. Maybe, maybe they carry four running backs initially and wait for rosters to get filled up before they try to sneak him on the practice squad. But Ultimately, I think you can get him on the practice squad and you can let him develop. You don't have to carry him. And I don't think it, it, with Spiller developing the way he is and Kelly continuing to improve, I don't really think they need four running backs. I think it'd be kind of a wasted spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can shoot him a little bit of bail for that first drop maybe because he has to extend. It wasn't the easiest catch in the world to make. Right. I mean, my thing is if you get your hands on it, I'm, I'm an old school guy. I feel like if you got your hands on it, you need to come down with it. But as a running back, it's not something you're accustomed to doing. That second one was terrible, though. He, he essentially tried to trap the ball as opposed to using his hands. Um, it looks like he jumped to try to block whoever he thought was behind him from being able to get the PBU. But essentially, he just put himself in a really bad position to not be able to catch it naturally with his hands. So, yeah. Um, Took a, a hit to his stock, but um, at the end of the day, if they could get this guy on the practice squad, find a way to get him there, um, that is someone that you can develop and could probably be, and I've said this before, someone you can get in tandem with an Isaiah Spiller next season as a young, cheap running back core that you can continue to develop. But tonight, not his finest. No, and I want – I mean, they're not going to do this because they don't have the, the you know, spots on the roster, but – you, you could almost like not play him against the 49ers and hope to sneak him on the practice squad uh, and not give them give teams more tape to look at, but I doubt they're going to do that. They're not going to run Hoosman out there for four quarters, but it could make some sense to just not play him and then just sneak him on the practice squad. Because I feel like there's enough there, even with, you know, as he played today, to guarantee him a spot on the practice squad if he would take it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they've already got a spot lined up for him just a matter of if they can get him there yeah um let's let's talk about wide receivers because you know all training camp the talk has been about john hightower and how he's been lighting up camp and how he's really uh developed a, a rapport with herbert and with stick while Jalen guyton's been out 
But in my mind, it feels like Keelan Doss has been the guy through two games that has been the better wide receiver, you know, outside of, you know, the top four-ish wide receivers. Um, that's been making the most noise and uh, performing the best through two games. Uh, what do you guys feel about uh, Keelan Doss and now his perspective of maybe making the roster as the fifth wide receiver or so? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, go ahead, Jamie. Well, I was just going to say, I don't think he makes it as the fifth wide receiver because Davis is the fifth wide receiver. Keenan, um, Mike, QJ, Darius. Palmer. 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 Six wide receivers, excuse me. Yeah. And I think the flip side of that is Davis looked really, really good today. Uh, ran a couple of really nice routes, made a couple catches in traffic. Uh, made a couple, you know, kind of key third down catches for them where it seemed like stick really trusted him. And if that continues in the next week, then I could very easily see them convincing themselves. They don't need six wide receivers. If, if Davis can come in every once in a while and give them anything at wide receiver, they're fine. Cause he is, he, I think he's going to be so valuable on special teams that it almost doesn't matter what he does as a receiver, but if he shows he can make the occasional play, then that pressure to carry six wide receivers becomes much less. And then maybe you can get high tower and, uh, Doss on the practice squad. Yep. Keelan Doss was absolutely, and it stuck out to me tonight. Through two games, he's been the most consistent wide receiver on the roster. And um, it looks like whenever they need a, a big play, that sticks looking to Doss to make it. Um, you're talking about third down conversions, plays down the field on crossers. Um, they didn't run a ton of deep stuff. I mean, a lot, the timing didn't align with it for the most part, but. Um, just across the board, Doss has probably been the guy. Um, and yeah, uh, I don't think they were looking to get a whole lot from Davis at the wide receiver position. But if he keeps popping like this, then it's literally all they need to say, yeah, we don't need six. Like it's it's great to be able to have that problem. But man, if they can find a way just to work him into the offense a little bit, and he's showing now that he can step out on the field and not just be a gadget guy. You can literally put him in the slot, have him run some quick hitters. Um, I'm really anxious to see them get him down the field, allow him to stretch it a little bit to see how it works out, get him to trap, track some deep balls, see if he can get on top of cornerback, stack them and create some separation. <clears throat> but for the time being, what he's showing right now with Easton stick, mind you, is enough for them to say, Hey, Six isn't necessary. Let's roll with the five. Um, we might put them on the field here if we feel like we can generate a big play with them, or if we just want someone to even be a decoy as a speed guy to create some more room underneath. Um, he fits the bill as well. So uh the high tower story has been nice, but as it stands right now, it looks like he may end up one of the eye guys out. And yeah, hopefully he can find his way onto the practice squad. High tower had the most targets today with six, and he only had one catch. It just was not his day today. Keelan Doss, I think, led the wide receivers today in yards with 42. So, yeah, I mean, it feels like Keelan Doss, I, not that he feels like he needs to be kept as a six wide receiver, but part of me wonders while watching him, 
uh, not only like in person, which we've talked about Jamie, but uh, I mean, he's got a tight end frame. Like he is mm -hmm. a much bigger wide receiver putting on 10 more pounds and, and flipping them over to tight end. I, I like the prospects of that, but um, obviously for this season, he's the practice squad stash. Yeah. I think he's, he's obviously been the most outside of probably QJ. He's been the most, you know, consistent wide receiver on the field the last two weeks. And if they're going to keep six, it seems like he's the guy. Uh, it's just, they're not usually predisposed to keeping six. And like I said, I think they could, they could easily convince themselves they don't need to if Davis makes a few more plays next week. You just need somebody in that fifth spot who you can maybe have run up the seam every once in a while, throw the occasional bubble screen to. Like Craig said, use him as a decoy uh, deep to open up things in, in the short and intermediate area. Um, there are things I think you can do with him to make him effective as a wide receiver. And I think if he makes a few more plays next week, that's probably the way they're going to lean. Yeah. Yeah. And he looked pretty good today as a wide receiver, as a returner, uh, muffed a punt today, got hit pretty hard for it. Um, but yeah, yeah, he, he's been good. Yeah. Actually, right. you know, mentioning he got hit pretty hard. He took a couple pretty big hits this week mm -hmm. and got up. So I know Staley had made the comment of let's see how he does after he takes his first NFL hit. Well, he took two or three today and he got right back up and stayed in the game. So, um, they've got to be happy with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, the only real thing that we need to talk about is offensive line, but I don't know that we have anything to really uh, positive to touch on. I mean, it was all pretty bad today. Um, <laughs> the, Pleasant and Sorrell are – all right, Jamie, do I have permission? Um, they might be terrorists. <laughs> I mean, man, this there's some terrible, terrible work on the outside. And Easton Sick having happy feet today made much more sense. Last week, he seemed um, a whole lot more comfortable in the pocket. Even tonight when he had time, he didn't trust it. Um, those two on the outside make you really hope that everything just health-wise works out with your starting tackles um, or else – you may have to look at flipping some guys from the interior that have tackle um, experience to play outside because I don't mm -hmm. trust either one of them. Um, and God forbid we end up in a scenario where both of them have to touch the field at the same time. Um, I mean, honestly, we're talking about, you know, one not probably not making the team anyway, just kind of based on roster construction. But at the end of the day, um, Foster Sorrell, I think I put this in our chat. He probably needs to go sleep in Duke's basement like in the off season, like literally stay with them every day, learn as much as you can to improve because I don't know. Um, it just feels like for someone who had such a pedigree coming out of high school and a great athletic profile, uh, apparently it just hasn't translated. And I know he dealt with some injuries and some other stuff, but man, it's, it's ugly, ugly football and you, you can't run a productive offense. Um, especially trying to get the ball down the field deep. If you want to push the ball, if you have, a situation like that at offensive tackle five to seven step drops are going to be no goals. So again, this is just a preseason. We're probably talking about something that hopefully we don't even have to have a concern about going into the year, but in the event we do, I'm not confident. No, you know, it's interesting is early in camp, Andrew trainer was getting all the snaps with Sorrell with the backup tackles. And now it's Pleasance. And I think I could be wrong, but I think Pleasance played the whole game today. So I'm, I, I wouldn't, I did not think there was any chance he'd make the team going into camp. I'm a little worried that they're thinking about keeping four tackles and then he might make it 
because he played a lot today. Keeping both Sorrell and Pleasance? Okay. All right. I, I guess the only reason why I was hesitant about that, I'm not saying you could very well be right, Jamie. I'm just thinking about having two guys that play the interior, that have played tackle and have had the um, experience doing it and being able to cross-train them by them also already having taken snaps. Um, Jamari Sawyer and um, what's his face from Clemson? McFadden. Uh, McFadden. Um, being able to kind of maneuver the offensive line in the event that you need some emergency tackle play, and I'd feel much better with either or as opposed to what's currently being run out there. But if they're planning on keeping four tackles and these are your options, then uh, we got to go back to the well and do some more assessing. <laughs> yeah, I – I feel like so Nick Melsop was one of the tackles before at the beginning of training camp. He's gone. I wonder if they just don't have enough tackle spots to play because they've got the trainer. Tra- Trainer's Pleasance. healthy though. I don't think he played today. Trainer, Pleasance, and um, Sorrell. And Bailey, who they moved inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you think Pleasance and. Um, Sorrell were the tackles all game long. I I think so. Hmm. I don't. I think they started. I think Sorrell started at right tackle and Pleasant started at left tackle, and I think they flipped at halftime. I could yeah, be I wrong. But I, yeah, I don't I think I they definitely remember it. seeing Sorrell there in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I didn't check for Pleasant's, but I do remember Sorrell being in. Yeah, I remember seeing Pleasant's on the ground. I think in the fourth <laughs> quarter. <laughs> Pleasance is definitely the worst of the two, and I know that's uh, we're comparing to, we're comparing two bad players, but ju- yeah, Pleasance has been really bad for two games, and he was he was part of the problem why Easton Stick got hit and fumbled today. I mean, he got, pro- probably a big part of why Easton Stick got hit a lot today. Um, but just going back to it, Storm Norton, we got to see two penalties today, back to his old self. Mm-hmm. So it could be worse, I guess. Um, but, uh, there is one. So, uh, now that we're moving on to defense. Wait, Garrett. Yeah. We're going to get our hand slapped if we don't talk about Quentin Johnson. Okay. Go ahead. Then no drops. How many receptions? Was it three, four receptions? Three, you have? three receptions no drops. on three so targets, 37 we, yards. I got to give him his credit for it. Um, guy stepped up this game and put the drops behind him from last game. I mean, of course, did he play that first drive? Because I don't feel like I saw him at all, which is really weird to me. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. Th- I mean, that, I'm sure he had he had to be out there, but yeah, if I felt like I didn't see him in on in on the first drive whatsoever, I thought that was strange. But I mean, either way, um, they targeted him. They were be- definitely um, designing plays to get him open. Um, there wasn't a ton of separation. He made some um, catches, you know, contested catches, some t- catches where he took contact immediately after, and he held on to the ball. Not all of them were clean catches, but baby steps. So mm-hmm. no drops this week. So he gets props for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a per- personal admission. It just, you know, he did fine. He did good today. Yeah, his first catch was probably his best catch. Caught mm-hmm. a ball in traffic, got hit right away from behind and tried to muscle his way to the first down. And he had one catch against zone coverage, I think, where he ran a solid comeback route, made a nice catch in between the corner and the safety. Um, Had a solid day. Still trapping the ball against his body, but he caught all three (laughs) passes. He got all three, and that's all that counts. Uh, All right. 
now moving on to defense. So QJ, good game today. Awake Ramos demands we talk about JT Woods because it's fun hearing you guys say good things about him. So let's talk about JT Woods. I thought overall Woods was pretty good today. He had one really bad rep where it looked to me like he got caught peeking inside, came down too far, and the bubble screen got by him for a big game. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he had a, a PBU in the red zone. He had a nice tackle on a third down play to stop a, a screen from going for a first down. He contributed to a run stop down near the line of scrimmage. Um, and I think he had a couple other tackles as well. How many tackles did he finish with? Do we know? Three. Three? Okay. I, I mean, it, it was the best we've seen of him. And he was physical. He made solid tackles. He's not... I don't think he's ever going to be a guy who's going to blow people up, but he wrapped guys up and dragged them down when he needed to. And I thought his, his pursuit angles were outside of the one play. His pursuit angles were better. Oh yeah. A few PBUs and uh, pretty good tackles coming downhill and run support, um, you know, assisting in tackles. And yeah, just that one overrun play. It it wasn't just him. The defense as a whole got caught peaking and um, the pursuit was too far inside, which allowed like the sideline to be wide open on that screenplay. I will say, though, outside of the good play, um, I'm not a medical uh, professional, but I do think that kid needs a psychiatric evaluation because he does some of the most boneheaded things for absolutely no reason at all. On the PPU, he he picks the balls up, ball up, and he spikes it. Why? Mm-hmm, play, mm-hmm. play, dude. I get you are jacked. I understand. You're making plays. You're fired up. You have good reason to be. Celebrate with your teammates. Yeah. Don't get a stupid penalty. You did that last week. Why are that we is, doing that's it? That's a penalty, again? by the way. They yeah, it, it was. It, that's a delay of game penalty, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So you can't yeah, I mean, the refs spared him. They didn't throw a flag on it, and I just knew it was coming. And I was like, man, this dude's playing really good. They they're gonna flag him for this, and we're gonna have to trash him for it but no i mean he got away with it but for all intents and purposes again dude you cannot be that selfish you're playing great you're you're putting some good tape out there you get more confidence from the coaching staff as well as the fandom it looks like you might actually be a player just you know just don't cost your team you can't be that guy yeah i understand the high energy stuff but with regard to just being a good teammate and putting team first and not just being the dodo that costs the team because, again, we've been down that road already. We know what that looks like. Last week, prime example. You can't follow that up uh, the next week by doing something equally as stupid. So good on him for the performance today, mm-hmm. um, but he's got to chill with the antics. It's too much. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up. So we mentioned how it was that, that angle where he jumped inside on that screen pass was on him. That was a terrible angle. Um, really good tackle for a loss with him and Dean Leonard when they uh, came down together, got that great. The incompletion, uh, on Kroll, he was beat. Kroll caught the ball, but credit to JT Woods. He stripped it at the end. Great, great on him. He was beat, but he recovered. He got himself back in position to strip the ball. Sure. Sure. Yes. Yes. He caught the ball, but stripped it, then picked it up and spiked it with both hands. That's a penalty. Uh, that's a delay of pen- uh, delay a game penalty uh, almost every time. Definitely in the regular season. I don't know if you guys caught it afterwards, but then the very next play was a screen pass. JT Woods knifes in, makes the tackle on the sideline. It brings up fourth down. 
while he's on the ground on the sideline, JT Woods takes off his helmet and slams it into the ground. Did anybody see this? Okay. No, but they mentioned it in the in the Discord. Yeah. So at when he made that tackle, he's on his knees on the sideline, takes off his helmet, slams it on the ground. And then he gets up, he's celebrating again, and then realizes, oh shit, I'm on special teams, throws his helmet back on as he's running back on the field to go uh try to, you know, go go in the field goal unit. So almost twice did he get, I mean, he was out of bounds and he did it, but he took his own helmet off and spiked it into the ground with two hands and then realized he had to get back on the field. So almost twice did he do something totally stupid on back-to-back plays. Good on him. He played good today. Probably his best game as a charger so far. Granted, it's the preseason, uh, but I'm glad that he showed much more than he has in the past. But man, last week, by the way, I was like, I didn't really see what happened. I ended up rewatching the game. It was ridiculous. He smacked the shit out of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so what i saw was a uh, the head tap at first and then he started talking and then he retaliated and slapped him in the face so it slapped him in the helmet so i i saw the first one didn't see the second one ridiculous and then he got fined for it this week he's spiking the ball and slamming his helmet on the on the ground i mean we got to work things out man i get your amped i mean you're in the nfl you need that confidence especially as a db but good lord man you're gonna cost this team yards if you're doing that on Sundays. Coaching staff's going to have to rein that in. I will also give him credit, by the way, on that screen that he was beat on. Talk about recovery. You got to see the speed on full display because he oh. ran that down from behind, by the way. Yeah. So that 4-3, you got to actually see. So the, the guy has tools. It's just you're starting to see him pull it together. But now on the flip side of it, we're starting to see something else that could be a problem that I don't think any of us knew existed before. And that can get you taken right off of the football field and it can cost you games. So hopefully Staley can like, you know, get, get in his ear a little bit and get him to calm down. And he's a quiet dude. Like his personality is pretty quiet. And those guys are the scariest guys. <laughs> Never mess with a quiet dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> they got a lot of pent up energy. There, there were a couple other plays for Woods that they didn't result in anything, but they were kind of encouraging. One was, it was right after he made the stop, the 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 tackle on the run stop. Uh, there was a pass out to the right on Dean Leonard, and Leonard tried to undercut it. And the throw, I think, was tipped or it was just a little bit off. And Woods was right there; he just barely yeah. missed picking it off behind the play. And then when they were in the red zone, he damn near elevated and picked one off. I think he got a fingertip on it and deflected it on a ball that wound up being dropped in the end zone. But he almost made a really nice play elevating to bring that ball out of the air. So. He he showed some he showed a little bit in coverage I think that's a, that's at least encouraging, not not ready to be excited yet but at least encouraging. You can see him starting to get to spots. You can see him making some of those reads, and you can see where the speed and athleticism combined with making some of those reads might lead to some turnovers at some point. A lot of those plays near line of scrimmage, though, I'd like to add. Yes, for a free safety who uh, I, I'm not sure we can leave on an island yet. But um, a lot of those plays near the line of scrimmage today. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the defense, safeties have to be good in run support because they play with light boxes. So he's going to find himself down there in the mud a little bit. And um, if he can just shore the tackling up, not looking for you to be like, you know, cracking guys' heads open, but just make some secure tackles and don't get beat over the top. And uh, you should be in pretty decent shape. And he was only marked down for one pass deflection. And I swear I saw like three. Nah, that sounds wrong. Yeah. 
Let's move on. Who? I'll, I'll let you guys decide. Jamie, who else do you want to talk about on defense? As long as we're talking about safeties, I think Raheem Lane deserves a shout-out. He had a really, really good game. It was kind of quiet. He ha- It seemed like he had to have 6, 8, 10 tackles. It seemed like he was in on a Which ton of plays. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, it's he had yeah. a lot. He was around the ball a lot, uh, made a couple of really nice special teams tackles, um, was coming down around the line of scrimmage to help out and run support, was just all over the place, it seemed like, and made a bunch of plays. So he's a guy who I didn't have super high expectations for coming into camp, but he seems like he's uh, leapfrog Mark Webb in the pecking order at safety, and it seems like if they go with four safeties – you might be looking at Raheem Lane as safety number four right now just because he's contributing on special teams. He's one of their better gunners. Um, and he's making plays in the in the run game and in the passing game on defense. So shout out to him. I thought he looked really good. Did Mark Webb play today? I don't I think so. No, he was uh, yeah. Webb was hurt in practice recently. Oh god. Oh, I, I think it was at the scrimmage. He's going back on the, going back on the milk carton. Oh, uh, just gonna make a joke that he's probably hurt. Okay, uh, no, uh, well, yeah, I'm pretty sure he got hurt uh, during either before. I think it was before the scrimmage. I don't know if he played in the scrimmage, and I can't remember. But uh, yeah, Isaac he says definitely it's a got hurt. injury. Yeah, yeah. Um, Raheem Lane, yeah, flashed. Um, we knew that they liked him on special teams, but you know he showed his chops in both uh, pass and run support. And what I also noticed was they weren't afraid to have him and JT play interchangeably at safety today. So you saw both of them kind of rotating between underneath responsibility and deep. And um, I don't know Raheem Lane to be a deep safety. Um, I thought, you know, he was more of the strong safety guy who they wanted to keep, you know, kind of hovering near the box. But uh, I guess also depending on defense cover- coverage you call and the strong side and um, whatever happens as far as route com- combinations go with wide receivers, your responsibilities may switch. But they seem to be perfectly fine with him playing a deep safety role and um, having uh, uh, he either he or Woods buzz underneath when necessary. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he made the team as a safety for either. And uh, Mark Webb, you know, all's well that mm-hmm. ends. Uh, on a milk carton. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my guy, by the way, in the safety group. You guys had other guys, but I totally maybe. thought you were going to end that with "all's well that ends web." But oh, uh, <laughs> you know what? You are you are on your p's and q's, and I am not. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Raheem Lane. Was I failed you. Yeah, <laughs> he was good, and uh, I they they really liked him towards the end of last year, um, and they're kind of hyping him up coming into this camp too. Um, I, I want to just uh, talk about uh, Dion Henley because I think uh, Dion Henley because we've got um, I'm sure a lot of people that want to talk about him because he played almost the entire game. He was out the there a long game. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Played the whole game. Um, yeah. Uh, we saw him get beat on a wheel route uh, to uh, Kendra Miller uh, and then followed it up with a Miller ran it in for a touchdown right afterwards. But man, we saw a lot of flashes for Henley today. He shot a gap for a tackle for a loss. Um, made a nice tackle on a swing pass. Felt like in coverage today, outside of that wheel route, um, there were a couple catches in front of him, but he was stuck to the receiver immediately or the running back, and there weren't a lot of uh, yards after the catch once Henley got his hands on him. Um, was uh, right there on a run stop, but for me, man, him as a blitzer, he looked absolutely brutal. Uh, he was shot out of a cannon against Winston. I think he got the half a sack with uh, Kemp. Carlo Kemp on a third down, but man, 
Henley coming downhill as a blitzer is beautiful, and hopefully a wrinkle we'll see during the regular season. But I don't know that you can block a guy like that. He knifed in, ran around the block, got to Winston immediately, who is, you know, uh, pretty light on his feet too. But, man, uh, I just – I loved him as a blitzer today. And um, pretty pretty good in the run game. Uh, got beat on that wheel route. Uh, pretty sticky in coverage here and there. Uh, was, you know, I think he was the leading tackler today uh, for the Chargers defense, but um, really played all – I guess played the whole game and uh, it did pretty good today. Yeah. I, in fact, I, you know, you mentioned the wheel route. He got beat and he gave up the big catch, but I thought he was in pretty good position and that's yeah. a tough spot to be in running down the sideline with your back to the quarterback, trying to make mm-hmm. a play on that ball. So hard to fault him too much on that. But to me, the thing that stood out with, with Dayon was the click and close that burst to get to the football. And you saw it three or four times. You, you mentioned the sack. There was a pressure right before that where he almost got home. Uh, and there were a bunch of plays uh, outside the hashes and outside the numbers where he just closed really fast on outside runs and swing passes and, and was able to cut the plays off before they, I think, before they got across the line of scrimmage. So I thought Henley was really, really good. You see the athleticism. You see the burst. He's a better tackler than I thought he would be. To start out, he's wrapping up and finishing tackles um, and just showing some versatility. He's able to cover. He's able to make plays in the running game. He's able to get to the quarterback. I think there's a there's an element. I think you could see where he could wind up being a pretty well-rounded weapon um, as, a, as a linebacker and certainly offer something as a pass rusher, as a blitzer uh, in certain packages uh, as soon as this year. I mean, he is really good coming downhill uh, and timing up those blitzes. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that, um, well, first and foremost, his tackling was his strong suit in college. So he was good in coverage, but he was a pretty secure tackler in college. So I'm not shocked by that. Um, what I didn't remember seeing and uh, at Washington was the reckless abandon. He does not care about throwing his body around. And I mean, as a blitzer, you have someone who's willing to play kamikaze like that. Um, you're going to make things really difficult on interior offensive linemen trying to catch him shooting gaps because he could care less if he gets caught. Um, Nine times out of 10, if you know, you can chip him on the way through and throw him off his track a little bit, it probably still won't stop him from affecting the play because he's running like he's so tough and he's a, he's a well-built guy Um, for someone who's a quote unquote, smaller linebacker. He's pretty stocky. And um, you know, to be able to shoot gaps like that and to be as physical as he is coming downhill, that's a rare thing for someone that size to be that effective. Um, what he is in coverage, we kind of know that as well. It was also one of his claim to fame coming out of college is that he'd be a better coverage linebacker, probably right off of the bat, than he would be someone who defends the run. Um, but that will route, that was a scenario where it was good coverage, better throw. So, I mean, he was pretty much in Miller's hip pocket and the ball just kind of gets over his head. He doesn't see it. Can't, you know, get a PBU, get his hands up to make it happen. It's just a really good throw on a really well-timed play, really good call play. Uh, But I'm really, really excited about what he has the opportunity to develop into just because of the skill set. And Jamie, you said it perfectly. If you can turn him into a weapon, that's something else that you can utilize at the second level. And I'm just thinking about when you look at the athleticism, between a Derwin and for all we give Kenneth Murray gripe about, because we, I mean, he deserves it. He is a phenomenal athlete and he's someone that if you can get in the mix with like any mix of those guys in the box, 
You can get really creative in your blitz schemes, um, sending guys after the quarterback, dropping in the coverage while someone else blitzes. You can make hell uh, for offensive linemen and offensive coordinators having to account for that many fast physical weapons on the field at one time. But Deion Henley someone that, while he's right now playing full preseason games, I fully expect that he ascends um, a little bit and plays at least some you know decent quality snaps going into the season. I don't think he'll get technically starter reps at this point unless he does overtake Murray, which I think we kind of talked about earlier um, in kind of the draft cycle. But that's someone that I think could be a supreme weapon, even if we're just talking about situationally that the Chargers can deploy. So, all right. So I got to I got to name a guy. Jamie did. What about you, Craig? We want to talk defensively. About yeah. Um. Well, I guess I'll. Oh. Oh no. What am I talking about? Of course, Gerard Clark. Duh. What's wrong with me? <laughs> so, my guy is a physical freak, man. You're talking about what? Six foot four, three hundred and thirty plus pounds, and he can move. Um. There were a few plays that he just missed making. Yeah, And it wasn't for like lack of athleticism. He's not in those plays if he's not the athlete that he is. Um, I think there was like at least one tackle for loss that he just barely misses, but you see him screaming down the line of scrimmage, chasing it backside, just misses it. He misses a sack, just overruns the play, but the burst in which he got through the other uh, line to get that penetration um, is not something that you expect from someone that size. Typically, well, really, let's be honest. Everyone just saw him as a true nose tackle. This is a guy who's going to be a space eater. He's going to be used to plug the run, and you're probably going to have to take on double teams and anchor down and be effective in that way. But we saw some pass rushing tonight. And my thing was on tape, for me, I just physically saw him as a pocket pusher. He could affect the QB literally up the middle by just forklifting the center and pushing him into the QB's lap. But he was showing some technique to get you know off of blocks, and create a path towards a quarterback. He even like got himself in situations where he was getting such a good penetration. The offensive lineman had no choice but to hold him. I think he drew a couple holding penalties because he was getting really good hand usage. He was essentially holding his ground until like a running back or quarterback found themselves in his general area of vicinity. And then he would block shed and at least get a hand on him to slow him down. He's either drawing a penalty or he's making a play or he's setting up someone else to make a play. Um, and he just keeps going. Last week, he flashed a little bit. This week, he's flashing. So to have someone that size that's showing that he has some athletic prowess as well is another really good developmental player to have. And don't, they don't make guys that size that move that well. So take them, you know, continue to cultivate them and find a way to get them on that defense. Yeah, you usually don't see, like, those true nose size guys be very active very long. You know, they'll they'll engage and you'll see them, you know, flash every couple plays. But it felt like Clark was in on almost every run play today. He almost had a sack today, which Christopher Hinton cleaned up, um, got a run stop. I mean, he was so active today. So was Scott Matlock. I felt like Scott Matlock, Gerard Clark, Okoye, um, Hinton got a sack today. I felt like those four were really active today. And um, and I, th I, f I think they all kind of flashed today. But Gerard Clark and Scott Matlock in particular, I felt played really, really good today. Matlock was really good. I think the interesting thing with Clark is, um, you know, going into camp, I think the expectation was that David Moe would provide more pass rush than Clark. But the way they were using Clark early in the game today, Moe was on the field 
in base defense on first and second down. Clark was coming in in pass rushing situations and providing pass rush. Uh, he was on the field more in base defense later in the game, but early on they were just using him in in uh, packs uh, on third down to get after the quarterback. So that was kind of interesting. Didn't really expect that. Um, Matlock was good against the run. He provided pressure a couple times. He roof flat. I think for me the story of this game really was the. Hold on one second. Okay. <laughs> Back to when Jamie's kids are part of the broadcast. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, um, we're dog sitting today, so the kids are all playing with the, the kids are playing with a puppy. Um, anyway, um, I thought the story of the game for me was really you know looking at the mid and late round picks of the Chargers the last two years and seeing who stepped up and contributed. You know, you have Spiller, Woods, both coming up big. Leonard had a, a run stop. Um, Matlock played well. Um, we talked about uh, Henley played really well. You know, so that there were a handful of guys there who were mid to late round picks the last two years who got major snaps and who played extremely well. Davis was another one who played well. So Jasir all those Taylor. mid to late round picks. What's that? Jasir Taylor. Taylor was on the field. I didn't think he had a great game, but he was on no, the field a lot. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm just saying in terms of guys who contributed and flashed quite a bit, they were all mid to late round picks the last two years. And all those guys are ascending and playing, you know, starting to play pretty well in the preseason. We'll see if that carries over the regular season, but it's at least encouraging to see that kind of development out of those mid to late round picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I didn't think just play, I, he played a lot today, but it kind of feels like that, starter conversation between him and Asante Samuel Jr. is all but buttoned up here to the first two. Uh, I, I don't think Jasir would have been on the field if, if he no, was yeah. be the starter. Definitely not. No, I know. But that whole storyline that was kind of bleeding into camp and the first preseason game. We, I mean, we saw um, he couldn't get his head around on that huge gain that kind of led to a field goal. Um, there was a couple uh, completions in front of him. Did have a pretty good close on a – played uh, I think it was AT Perry where he was pretty good in coverage, but mm-hmm. kind of up and down today a little bit, um, you know, not very consistent as a lot of these other guys. Yeah. I thought uh, Dean Leonard, uh, the guy uh, drafted the same class, uh, nice tackle for a loss today that we talked about earlier, had a tip pass where um, Winston tried to throw it over him and he was able to get his hand on it. Uh, I thought Le- Leonard did pretty good today, but just here Taylor kind of up and down a lot today. You know, I, while we're sitting here talking about it, we didn't mention Tuli Tua Pelotu uh, flambang Trevor Penning a couple times. And we were going to get there. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just wanted to make sure we definitely have to talk about Trevor Penning. We All right. Put a pin in that one. Him. Put a pin in that because we'll get to Tuli right now. But uh, Taylor, not not very good today. I don't know if you guys need to add anything to that. but No, I All think right. that pretty well sums tell it up. About, tell us about Tuli, Craig. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I know that once upon a time in a draft class not that far away, um, there were some people that were kind of clamoring for uh, Trevor Penning because we all we all wanted a tackle, right? We had to have another tackle, and Trevor Penning was just sitting there for the taking. And some okay. of us were in, nah, some of us were in fear, just you know, yeah, just really hoping that it didn't work out that way because you, you fall in love with all like. I guess the tangible stuff, the size, what was he, like 6'8", big strapping dude, nasty, road grader. 
and nobody paid attention to the fact that the dude couldn't move He's his feet. On thick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude couldn't move his feet. You know what? Sorry. You know what? We know he sucks. Anyway, <laughs> Tuli, for, for the few snaps that Tuli was in, he was flambang Trevor Penning. Like, I'm sorry, he picks him up, walks him back into the backfield. Then uh, I think, was it inside-outside move? Can't remember which one it was that he also created pressure on to uh, to get around Penning, and he just let, made him look like an amateur. Um, I'm a little shocked that Tuli isn't getting more preseason run. It seems like He's getting in for like a series here and there. And then like they're just kind of pulling him for the rest of the game unless I missed it. But it seems like neither he or Chris Rump are playing significant snaps um, into the game. Maybe just a few within the first quarter, maybe a couple into the second. And then you don't see him anymore. But um, I know that Thule, again, he's going to be a part of the defense, clearly a significant part that they're going to get in and out. And there's going to be a pretty decent rotation for your edge guys going there. But I would like to see a little bit more of them. But. It was just a beautiful thing to watch Trevor look just as terrible as we know him to be. And <laughs> apparently if uh, the poor Saints are banking on Trevor being their savior, then they're not in really good shape, are they? Not not when he's got to play these meaningful snaps in a preseason game. No? Uh, <laughs> no, you're usually resting starters now. But, man, yeah, for him to get inside on that tackle for a loss and then create a pressure on the very next play, he was – kind of a big ball of energy. It felt like everybody was kind of playing off Thule there for a series or two. He was really good today. Yeah, he's looked really good in particular setting the edge the last couple of weeks. Really good stopping the run. And he's flashed a little bit as a pass rusher. I thought last week he was kind of unblocked on some of those pass rush attempts he had. Um, that rep that Craig mentioned today, I think was probably his best pass rush rep of the first two weeks of the preseason. I don't like I think you actually mentioned that you said it well, Garrett. I think he's a more of he's gonna be an energy guy. He's gonna be someone that ignites the defense. I can see it now. Um he's gonna be a tone setter. He's gonna come in, he's gonna make a couple plays, and it's literally just gonna set the stage for like some really great defensive series. Um, I mean, whether they last the entirety of the game, that's not really realistic, but I can see him sparking a few defensive series that you know, get easier three and outs or force turnovers. He just seems like one of those guys that the defense like absorbs that energy and they feed into. So I totally see that. All right. Um, before we get off, just want to shout out Taiwan Mullen, uh, one of my dudes who I thought had a pretty strong game today. And then Jamie, I know you probably want to shout out your dude, Andrew Farmer. Yeah, he showed up again, had mm -hmm. a pass rush. I think he was in on a run stop. Uh, he, he looked good. He's looked good the first, the first two weeks of the preseason. Yeah. And Blake Lynch, not too bad today. He was all right today. Yeah. Pretty Michael, didn't he? He, he? Yeah, he did, he did hurt, towards yeah. the end. Yeah. 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 But when he was in, a um, couple, couple good plays in, um, against the pass. Again, another good click and closer. Seemed really good in coverage in that way. Uh, I don't remember much about the run stops, but I do remember seeing them flash in coverage. And who was the corner that uh, Matt Hankins, too? Mm -hmm. He showed up a couple times. Yeah, yeah. More than uh, Michael J. Qua or whatever his, I don't, I don't even know. His, yeah, Jaquat. Jaquat. However He's you terrible. pronounce it, don't care because I want to pronounce it very much longer. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to put a little French spin on it. What is it, Jaquette? Is that how you pronounce Jaquette. it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, I like Jaquette. J. Qua. All right. Sounds like a sparkling drink of some kind. J. Qua. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that does it for us. You guys got anything else you want to add before we get off here? 
over an hour on a preseason game in the middle of a hurricane? No, I'm just ready for the regular season to start. I really don't need to see Max Duggan play next week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, That's I know. We you, have to look forward to. Yeah. You brought this upon yourself, Jamie. You didn't want to see him today, so you're going to see him all game on Friday against the 49ers defense. Maybe I just won't watch. <laughs> no, wait, let, me, let me get this straight we have jamie to blame for this if I'm yeah hey, hey, okay okay yeah. gotcha no Thank it's not you. my fault <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody blame jamie we appreciate you guys don't forget craig's at top underscore flight which at three at the end there jamie's at landing underscore round i'm at garrett Sisti. tuesdays is going to be score more coming on where i'm going to do my own solo pod then the next day is going to be wednesday if you missed the walkthrough, he did one uh, this past week. It was the inaugural episode. That'll be on Wednesdays. Uh, we'll do a mailbag show on Thursdays. Craig will be doing his podcast. I got five on it on Fridays. And then when games are going on, we'll do these after hours. And we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Smooth.